Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzer. We have a true Minnesota country legend on tonight, a man who happens to be a very good friend of mine as well. No less an authority than Marty Stewart said of our guest, Sherwin Linton. Sherwin Linton has been a great correspondent for country music for many years. He is the go-to guy for all things concerning authentic country music. In the Midwest, Sherwin is larger than life. Country singing, string bending, rhinestone wearing, boot heel dragging, fancy car driving, cowboy hat wearing, state-of-the-art country music star, if there ever was one. Most of all, he's my pal. I always enjoy his work, and that was from no less an authority than the great Marty Stewart. Sherwin's also a good friend of mine. He's got a great new record out called Sunday Drives with Mom and Dad, and we're going to hear the Sherwin Linton story and list some tracks and have a great conversation with a true legend. Sherwin, how are you tonight? I'm doing fine, and uh, good to talk with you, Paul. Well, this is, uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of Sherman Linton for those out there in the radio audience that might not be familiar with Sherwin. He is uh, in the South Dakota Music Hall of Fame, the National Traditional Country Music Hall of Fame, the Minnesota Music Hall of Fame, and the last we spoke, he had played over 14. 15,000 professional gigs. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to do the math, the Grateful Dead played about 3,500 gigs in their time. The Rolling Stones played about as many. So that's, uh, what is that? Let's do the math, 7,000 gigs. Sherwin Linton has played twice as many gigs as the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead put together. Sherwin, that's uh, quite a tribute. Well, uh, I've, I've been in it for uh, 68 years now, uh, touring and traveling and playing with my band. Sometimes my wife, Pam, and I work as a duo as well. So whatever the case and the, the, kind, uh, the uh, kind of band or show that we do, we just keep going. So let's ask you... Uh how old are you today? I'm 84. I'll be 85 <laughs> on the 28th of July. Well, I I want to come to that next birthday party. Well, there's another man that just announced uh, uh, another leg of his rough and rowdy ways tour. Bob Dylan will be turning 83, so he's not far behind you. And Sherwin, I believe you told me at one time that you saw... Uh, young Bob Dylan in Dickytown way back in the day. Yeah, uh, he used, uh, back in about 1960, I believe it was, we were playing at a little tavern on Nicollet Avenue in Minneapolis, the Savoy, and later the Flame. But uh, anyway, when we'd get done, we would go over to the university campus, and there was a, a place there, I think it was called the Scholar. And it seems like there was one other uh, place, too, that had folk music. And uh, Bob Dylan 
would be in there, but he wasn't. I didn't know him as Bob Dylan. Then I just, they introduced him and say, "Well, Bob, you want to do a couple songs?" So he would come up, and uh, he would do, as I recall, uh, among other songs, uh, he was quite in, uh, much of a fan, I believe, of Roy Acuff because he would do songs like "The Precious Jewel" and "Wabash Cannonball," "Great Speckled Bird." And uh, so he was not the most popular uh, act there because it was folk music, and they considered him kind of a hillbilly, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, he, most of the singers there had beautiful voices and singing all these old English ballads that had 12 verses in a minor key, like kind of <laughs> Abdul, a Bull Bull, a Mirror, and that. And so uh, Bob was not the most popular item on the on the ticket there, but uh, he's still coming up there and sing. And then it was a couple years later, we were playing at a club up in uh, Minot, North Dakota, and I went downtown to the record store, and there I saw his picture on an album cover, Bob Dylan, and I thought, how in the heck did he ever end up on Columbia? <laughs> well, I bought the record and I loved it. And I think he even had, still had a couple Roy Acuff kind of songs on that first album. Uh, and uh, I bought it and I bought virtually every record he put out after that and uh, have a whole lot of his other books and records and compilations and CDs. So uh, I've become quite a Bob Dylan fan myself. I even used to do a couple of his songs and imitate him. Well, I know uh, when we did uh, the Million Dollar Bash, uh, the tribute to Bob Dylan on his 60th birthday at First Avenue, you did an amazing version of Boots of Spanish Leather. Yes, uh, yep, yep. Uh, well, I'm sailing away, my own true love, sailing away in the morning. Is there something I could send you from across the sea, from the country where I'll be going? <laughs> you know, the cool thing about having your own radio show is you can have some of the best musicians uh, that I could get a hold of in America sing to me a cappella on the phone, and uh, it thrills me to no end. I have one more question about hearing a young Bob Dylan. That must have intrigued you, because growing up in uh, South Dakota yourself, and uh, with some of the tracks we're going to listen to on your uh, the record that you, the 52-song record you just released, you were very familiar with country music growing up, so it must have kind of rang a particular bell for you, hearing young Bob singing those Ray, Ray, uh, Roy Acuff numbers. Oh, yes, it, that was, I, I enjoyed him very much. And, uh, of course, I, uh, I'm having a collective taste in music. I mean, I grew up in the days of Frank Sinatra and Frankie Lane and uh, Joe Stafford, Rosemary Clooney, Ella Fitzgerald, all those people. So I listened to all of that, and I listened to the rhythm and blues and rock and roll. And uh, I lived in South Dakota, so I could pick up quite a few stations from southern uh, states and towns that uh, probably didn't boom into the Minnesota area quite as much. 
and I'd listen to those uh, late at night, and uh, I even had a headset, and I'd have them by my pillow, and my mother didn't know I was listening to the radio <laughs> <laughs> at uh, midnight, but uh, I'd, I'd listen to all those, uh, and there were radio stations across the border in Mexico, too, that played uh, American music, so I, I developed the taste and bought records from every genre back then, and uh, I really enjoyed them. When did you get your first guitar? Uh, when I was about 10 years old. Uh, there was a, We lived in a little town at that time, Hazel, South Dakota. My dad was a section foreman on the Great Northern Railroad, and uh, we lived in a lot of small towns out there. As he would take care of a section of the track along with his crew. And one of the people that uh, worked on the crew with my dad, his name was Kenny Asher, uh, he and his friend used to sing at his parents' cafe in the evening sometimes. And uh, I wanted to learn how to play and sing like him. And so I asked my dad if he would ask Kenny to teach me to play the guitar, and Kenny agreed to do that. So uh, I went down to his house, and he had two guitars. He borrowed one to me. It was actually a finger-style dobro with a resonator on it. I got a picture of myself playing that guitar. And uh, he showed me the first few chords, and, uh, uh, you know, in two or three keys. And uh, then I was listening to a yodeling girl that was from Hazel that was on the radio, and she would sing a song, and and uh, in between the, the verses, she would play on her guitar and hit a little bum, 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 da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
being uh, uh, a uh, disc jockey part-time there. So uh, I, we played live music and uh, played some records, and I had my own radio show. And uh, that was a great launching pad for me because they gave me the opportunity to actually audition the record. Uh, that was after uh, one time uh, they, they had this uh, big file drawer they called File 13. And every record that came in that they wouldn't play on the radio, they put it in there and then I could have any of them. Nice. So one day, the program director said to me, he said, we got a record that's number four called Pe- Peggy Sue by Buddy Holly. We get service from Coral Records, but I can't find it. Do you know anything about it? I said, yeah, I got it at home. He said, well, why do you have it at home? I said, because you threw it in file 13. <laughs> he said, well, you better go get it. So I went, drove home and got the record and brought it out. He put it on the turntable, and here we go. If he knew Peggy, too. And he looks at me, and he says, that is number four? <laughs> he said, because he, he was a little generation before, you know. And, sure. Uh, so uh, uh, he said, I don't relate to this current records that are out now so you better start auditioning the records <laughs> and so then I became the record librarian and, and uh, also accessibility to billboard magazines and talked to some of the record companies when they would call so that was a great launching pad for me to work at that radio station for uh, almost three years before I uh, got out of high school and then Minneapolis. Now, we are going to uh, fast forward now. How did you get, uh, several years, Sherwin-Linton, how did you get to Nashville? And now the circle in this, uh, the first circle in our interview becomes complete because you started talking about Bob Dylan playing Roy Acuff at the Scholar in Dinkytown in the early 60s. And now you are in Nashville, and you catch the ear of Roy Acuff. Tell us that story and how you got your record deal. Well, uh, I, I recorded a few. I When I got to Minneapolis, I started a group called the Fender Benders, and we were playing six nights a week in, in uh, bars and supper clubs uh, at that time. Uh, you, you could play the same place for months at a time, six nights a week. And uh, we had uh, long-standing uh, uh, engagements at places like The Flame, which was a major country music venue at that time. They had uh, two rooms, four bands, and uh, every week they had a different major star from uh, Nashville or the West Coast. They all played there. And uh, so I got to know these people, and uh, some of them invited me to come to Nashville. Uh, the Tom Paul and the Glazier brothers were very impressed with what I did. So in 1966, I went to Nashville and recorded a session. Uh, John Hartford played uh, 
on it and gave me a couple of his songs. Wow. And he even gave, he gave me Gentle on My Mind. But I only had a day to learn the songs, and that was a rather complex lyric uh, to do well. With. And I said, well, I'll record that the next time I come down here. But I, by the time I got back there again, uh, Glenn Camel had already recorded it and took it to the top. But uh, anyway, I got a song called Cotton King that was uh, uh, became a big uh, hit across the country uh, in 1967 when it was released. And then uh, from there, I was signed by, uh, we did some shows with all these different people, and I was on tour and did some shows with Roy Acuff as well and his band and uh, the Smoky Mountain Boys. So uh, we, we uh, toured, and Roy Acuff got me signed to his label and uh, Hickory Records and uh, got some more records that did pretty well. And, Sherwin, uh, let, let's... With Roy. Sherwin, let's listen to that recording from 1966 called Cotton King. Uh by Sherwin Linton, and we'll be back with Sherwin for the whole show tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. They call me Lucky Little Rich Boy, got everything. He's the son of a cotton king. In a mansion down in Georgia, late one Sunday morning. Papa started passing out four-bit cigars Cause I had just been born From that day on he started Giving me everything The neighbors used to laugh and call me Silver Spoon Papa was a cotton king Papa was a cotton king They call me lucky little rich boy Got everything He's the son of a cotton king He had all the money too I used to sleep on big silk sheets And a war patent leather shoe But some of my friends were poor folks And didn't have a thing Sometimes it made me feel kind of bad Papa was a cotton king Papa was a cotton king They call me lucky little rich boy Got everything He's the son of a cotton king Now I recall the bad years Cotton wouldn't grow at all Papa had to sell everything he had Then Papa passed away that fall Now Mama and me, we got a little place And we don't need a thing I'll make a good living working every day in the field For some man they call the cotton king they call me Lucky Little Rich Boy Got everything He's the son of a cotton king They call me Lucky Little Rich Boy Got everything He's the son of a cotton king Welcome back to the second set of the Wall and Power Radio Hour in the year 2024. So happy to have my good buddy Sherwin Linton on. 
Sure, I met Sherwin in about year 2000. I was doing Tuesday nights at Bunker's Bar with Paul Metz and the Naughty Pines, spelled N-A-U-G-H-T-Y. And I shared a bass player, a fellow named Steve Murray, who was playing with Sherwin Litton. And I had heard Sherwin's name for years, but because both of us played so much, we never got a chance to hear each other. So I asked Steve if he'd invite Sherwin down to the gig. Sherwin showed up one night. We invited him on stage, and I'll never forget, Sherwin, you blew the roof off with your version of Roy Brown's Good Rockin' Tonight, and you and I have been friends ever since. <laughs> well, I heard the news. There's good rockin' tonight. <laughs> yeah, I heard the news. There's good rockin' tonight. I'm gonna hold my baby as tight as I can. Tonight, she'll know I'm a mighty, mighty man. I heard the news. There's good rockin' tonight. <laughs> Congratulations. Buy that man a drink. Sherwin, I gotta ask you before we get to talking about this great new record of yours. Uh, you told me a great story about doing a show with Roy Acuff, and he walked into the dressing room while your band was changing. And at the time, I believe this is sometime in the late 60s, your bass player was wearing a pair of kind of psychedelic underwear. Do you remember that story, the, the Paisley Briefs? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell that yeah, story. We, it's a, a show with, we did several shows with Roy Acuff, and ironically, uh, just to add a little bit of interesting uh, bit here, Roy wanted to open the show and then have us follow him. And I couldn't quite figure that out. But then I later did figure it out because he had his band. He was the draw. He was the star. I wasn't me. But uh, anyway, so the audience was primarily there to see Roy Aka. And his band was all acoustic except for one guitar player that played uh, to a small amp. But uh, other than that, he had... Uh, Dobro and Howdy Forrester on fiddle and Roy played fiddle and so uh, it was all acoustic and uh, that's what his audience wanted to hear and uh, if we were if we'd have been opening for him we were doing contemporary country of that time which would have included everything from Johnny Cash to Waylon Jennings and that kind of material so that would have been pretty rocking, you know, with a lot yeah. of instruments. And it probably wouldn't have set as well with his audience that was there to see him. So he wanted to open the show, and that was that's, that's why I think he did that, because he knew that if we went on first, that his audience wouldn't really be so much in tune with what we were doing. So, uh, anyway, uh, one night when we were backstage at, uh, at prior to the show or, or getting dressed, my bass player uh, was dressing, and Roy looked over at him, and, and my bass player had been down to Keepers in Minneapolis, and uh, where we bought our stage clothes and stuff, and uh, it was a very showy fashion place uh, keepers and anyway 
uh, he had on some underwear that were kind of a, 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 a pink paisley uh, colored uh, fabric, very, very uh, fancy fabric and uh, jockey shorts. And so Roy looked over at him and he said, is that, is that men's underwear you wear? <laughs> Del says, yeah. Really? Men's underwear? Really? Really? Yep, that's men's underwear. I bought them in a man's shop. Wow. Hmm. Men's underwear. I have to give you some of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he never did. I knew his wife, Mildred. They were conservative people. <laughs> he would have never bought or worn those, but uh, he went with his normal BBDs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Sherwin, uh, talk a little bit about their, uh, for the people that haven't heard you, and uh, uh, there's a few of them out there, about some of the great musicians and artists you performed with over the years. You do a... Uh, a Johnny Cash tribute that's considered one of the best Johnny Cash tributes in the country. So talk about playing with Johnny and some of the other great performers you've uh, appeared on stage with. Okay, well, we recorded in 1971, August 9, 1971, a tribute to Johnny Cash. I had been doing it for several years. And the governor of South Dakota, Richard Knight was a big fan of mine and uh, he said Sherwin you should record that uh, that uh, tribute to Johnny that you do and I said well yeah I've had a lot of people ask me to do it he says you should you should record it in prison you should record it right here in the South Dakota State Penitentiary in Sioux Falls I said well how do I do that he says well you can go in there and perform but to make a record and uh, produce it and market it, it would take some special uh, legal negotiations because you're using a penal institution to promote yourself. Right. I can I can work that out and uh, get that all taken care of. So uh, he did, and on August 9, 1971, we went in there and uh, brought Sound 80 state-of-the-art equipment and recording equipment, all of their pro console and uh, all their mics and everything, and set it up and recorded the live album, Hello, I'm Not Johnny Cash. And it was released in the late part of 71, and it became, it was, we distributed it across the country. It got played. FM stations loved it because they could put the record on, and it just went straight through, you know. Sure. Flip it over and hear the other side. And so that way uh, they didn't even have to stop in between because FM stations at the time kind of liked that plan. So we got a lot of play both on FM and AM stations across the country. The record sold and became a bestseller. Hello, I'm not Johnny Cash. Johnny liked it real well, had me on his show several times. One time, he introduced me on his show and said, nobody sings my song better than Sherwin Linton. 
and that was quite an endorsement. So uh, we continued to do our tribute to Johnny Cash on live shows, but I still do a lot of other kinds of music and songs as well. But uh, anyway, that was a, a great uh, kickoff to that part of my career, doing the Johnny Cash tribute. And Johnny and, gave you uh, a pa- didn't uh, Sherwin didn't Johnny give you a pair of his boots one time? Yeah, in night uh, I think it was nineteen seventy six. Uh, he was at the South Dakota State Fair where we play every year, and uh, I was actually in the front of the grandstand watching him, and he saw me up there and he said, "Sherwin, come on up on stage here." And uh, he said, these boots of mine are a little tight. So he took his boots off and gave them to me and uh, said, try them on. Try them on, Sherwin. So I did. And he said, how did they fit? I said, well, I could never fill your shoes, Johnny. Oh, yes, you can. So uh, then after the show, he sang in his stocking feet the rest of the show. I don't know why he did that, but anyway, uh, can you imagine that? Johnny Cash on stage singing in his stockings. But anyway, then he signed the boots, and I still have them. Oh, well, you know, my birthday is November 1st, uh, Sherwin. Mark that down on your calendar. I wear a size 10, just to put the thought in your mind. We're going to listen. We've got Sherwin Linton on for the whole show tonight. He's got so much history to talk about. We forgot that uh, we had him on to talk about his new record, Sunday Drives with Mom and Dad. We're going to play a little spoken word intro and then a little bit of the song Isles of Capri by Sherwin and come back with Sherwin in the last set to talk about this great new record on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. My darling Clementine, you are lost and gone forever, dreadful sorry Clementine. In a cavern, in a canyon, excavating for a mine, dwelt a miner, 49er, and his daughter Clementine. Light she wasn't like a fairy, though her shoes were number nine. Herring boxes without topses, sandals were for Clementine. Oh, my darling, oh, my darling, oh, my darling Clementine, you are lost and gone forever. Dreadful sorry, Clementine. Drove she ducklings to the water every morning just at nine. Hit her foot against a splinter, fell in two. The foaming brine 
Ruby lips above the water Blowing bubbles soft and fine But alas for me, I was no swimmer So I lost my clementine Oh my darling, oh my darling Oh my darling clementine You are lost and gone forever Dreadful sorry clementine You are lost and gone forever Dreadful sorry clementine I'm coming to you in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the third set of the Ball and Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzer. Ending that last set, we had a little bit of the Isle Capri, an old song, sung and performed by my guest, Sherwin Linton. Sherwin, this new record is really near and dear to my heart because I grew up listening to my grandpa sing these a lot of the old songs that is on your record, and my mother sang some of them as well. Talk about the idea for this record, 52 songs, I might add, called Sunday Drives with Mom and Dad. Well, um, it was uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, my field player, Kenny Wilson, and his wife came to see me do a an afternoon or a morning uh, show or a couple songs in a church. And it was just me and the guitar there. And Kenny said, you know, I've sat beside you and played steel for you for 15 years, but this is the first time I've actually set out and listened to you. And I love the way it sounds with just you and your guitar. I have a studio, and I'd like to produce a CD for you with just you and your guitar and maybe a couple other instruments. Have you got a theme? I said, yes, I do. I thought about it for years. I'd like to record some of the songs my mom and dad used to sing, especially my dad. They'd sing around home, and then on Sunday afternoon, they'd drive to visit friends and relatives down the gravel road in South Dakota, and my dad would sing. And I learned all whole lot of songs from him. I'd like to record some. So Kenny said, well, make a list. So I made a list of about 60 songs I remembered my parents singing. And uh, we cut it down to 43 and began going in his studio oh, every week or two and doing two or three of them. And earlier in, in March of uh, 2023, we completed the CD and put it together in a real nice package with a lot of pictures, and a picture of me and my mom and me and my dad uh, standing beside the 1936 Plymouth that they had, and uh, very beautiful, just loving pictures of me with them. And it's called the CD, Sunday Drives with Mom and Dad. And uh, uh, we actually released this, and we got a first-round Grammy nomination for Best Folk Album uh, of the Year, 2023. We didn't win, but uh, nevertheless, we, uh, we did get nominated. Well, so, it's... Uh... Uh, we've got all these songs, and I just love them. 
they bring in recording them. I bring a, I get a tear in my eye myself sometimes singing and reflecting back to the memories of my mom and dad as they would, especially my dad as they would sing these songs. Were your mom and dad, were they around long enough to see the success you had, especially uh, when Cotton King came out in 66 and after that? Yes, actually, uh, my dad passed away in the uh, June of 1967, but Cotton King was released in May. He had a little uh, portable phonograph in his office at his, uh, uh, where he uh, was on the railroad. And uh, uh, when I looked at, opened that phonograph, my record of Cotton King was on the turntable. And uh, oh. so he almost kind of thought it was about him in a way or reflected to him. And uh, so, and my mom, of course, uh, who lived uh, well into 1991, um, was a big fan of mine. She would come to my shows everywhere we were. But my dad actually would get on the railroad. One time he, he took a trip out to Billings, Montana, when I was playing there. And he came to Spokane, Washington in 67 when I was, or 66, when I was playing there, and uh, he, he thought nothing, because he had a path, he could drive, ride on the railroad, and uh, so he was, both mom and dad were big fans of mine, and supporters. Well, it's, uh, the record, the songs, the stories, it, it brings back such a simpler time in America, uh, I love the fact that uh, it would bring a tear to your eye when you were when you were playing those songs, Sherwin. Uh, you can, I believe, get the record at uh, via SherwinLinton dot com. Correct? Yes. Yeah, SherwinLinton dot com, and you can look us up on the internet. And uh, and if you'd like, anybody'd like to order this new CD, forty three songs. Uh, it's pretty interesting. It's got a lot of classic uh, songs from the 19th century and early 20th century, and even uh, one that goes back to uh, uh, the uh, 18th century, I believe. I, I can't think of which one it is now, but anyway, oh, Billy Boy, written in 19 or 1791. Remember that song? Where have uh, you been, Billy Boy, Billy Boy? <laughs> so a lot of old songs and songs that mom and dad used to sing. So and some sentimental ones, some very uh, beautiful songs, some Stephen Foster songs, and uh, also uh, uh, some very humorous and novelty songs like uh, my long, skinny, lanky Sarah Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Sherwin, I applaud your love and your knowledge uh, of American music. You and I have spoken dozens of times over the years, and like you said at the beginning of the show, you not only know your country music and your folk music and your Bob Dylan, but you're a big jazz and blues fan, and I really commend you for uh, for this record and of course for all your work over the years 
people have a hard time believing, but I asked you once, and I think you told me over the years you have played and memorized over 5,000 songs. Yeah, and I still actually, I have an excellent memory of lyrics, so uh, I I know the lyrics to a lot of songs, and uh, a lot of them, and I enjoy singing them, and uh, songs that a lot of people never heard of <laughs> when you got by. But, you know, when you think about it, I've been in music 68 years now. If you're in music for 50 years, and if you're a professional, and that's how you make your living, you should be learning about 100 songs a year. And 100 songs a year for 50 years would be 5,000. 5, well, you've done your homework, Mr. Linton. Sherwin, it was such a pleasure having you tonight. I hope to see you in person soon. Give my best to your lovely wife, Pam. We're going to go out on the Wall of Power Radio Hour with a, a cut from the Sherman Linton new record called Sunday Drives with Mom and Dad, a song my mom used to sing to me, My Darling Clementine. Sherwin, thanks so much. Have a beautiful weekend, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you very much, Paul. My darling Clementine. Love it. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Somewhere far away, over Naples Bay, That's where my thoughts keep on turning Down by the sea where romance came to me Picturing the scene and what might have been But it's in vain that I'm yearning Fate changed it all and I'm left to recall T'was on the Isle of Capri that I found her Beneath the shade of an old walnut tree Oh, I can still see the flowers blooming round her Where we met on the Isle of Capri She was as sweet as the rose at the dawning But somehow fate hadn't meant her for Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza and shared by Patrick Willia. We'd like to thank our guest for a most enjoyable hour, Mr. Sherwin Linton. Follow him at SherwinLinton.com. My books available at finer bookstores everywhere, including Blood in the Tracks, the Minnesota musicians behind Dylan's masterpiece that I co-wrote with Rick Shevchik. And you get my music and more at PaulMetza.com. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.